Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. This weekend, we're going to continue our series on the Psalms, and I'm going to continue our series within a series on the ABCs of intimacy. Last weekend, if you weren't here, we kicked off that series within a series, talking about the A of the ABCs of intimacy with the God of the universe. And the A was absolute sovereignty. And one of the big reasons why we started with sovereignty is because when you see where we go and how deeply we go into what we're talking about today, you're going you're gonna to understand, oh, that's why we hammered sovereignty the way that we did. Because this weekend, what we're talking about is the B of the ABCs of intimacy with God. And I would call the B breathtakingly bankable love. Breathtakingly bankable love. I was just going to call it bankable love, but by the end of my time studying this week, uh, you just can't help but have your breath taken away when you get a greater revelation of God's love for you. And so I changed the title to Breathtakingly Bankable Love. And if you have a Bible, I'd love it if you'd open up to Psalm 136. That's our text today. And I'm going to do something I've never done in a sermon before. We're going to wait until the very end of the message to read our text, which is 26 verses long. And we're going to read every verse, 1 through 26, and we're going to do it together. That's how we'll close this message. But before we get to that, I, I, have, to I have to make sure you... You have some kind of understanding of a word that's used 26 times in Psalm 136. It's the Hebrew word chesed. I want you to try and say that, chesed. Right, if you spit on your neighbor, you did it right, okay? Chesed, chesed, 26 times. One chapter in the Bible mentions this one word 26 times, and this sermon actually has 10 points because of one verse, Psalm 107, verse 43, says, whoever is wise, let him or her attend to these things. Let them consider the chesed of the Lord. If you're wise, you will focus on this, the chesed of the Lord. This word, chesed, is translated 169 times in all of the various translations of Scripture. One word, translated 169 times. In my opinion, you know what that means? It's a pretty much untranslatable word. This word is so robust and so complex that nobody can really seem to find an appropriate word to describe it. Now, if I were to try, because you have to try, if you're uh, translating, interpreting scripture, you have to try. The phrase I would use to describe chesed is unfailing love. The unfailing love of God. And I wish I had more time to really jump into this, this next passage, but I just want you to think about what a big deal this word chesed is. Okay, Exodus 34, uh, if you've been here for a while, you know this is legit one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament. God and Moses having a, an exchange verbally. And Moses says, if I found favor with you, show me yourself. Show me your glory. Let me see a side of you I've never seen before. And I wonder if God doesn't just kind of chuckle and responds and go, <laughs> okay, no human can look upon me and live. But I love that you want to see a side of me you've never seen before. You want to see my glory. 
I will let you see me after I pass in front of you. I'll let you look upon me from behind. I will hide you in the cleft of the rock and then I will allow you to take view of me as I walk away. But I wanna read to you what God says while he passes by Moses. It's extremely important, all right? Exodus 34, verses six and seven. The Lord passes in front of Moses and calls out. So I think he shouted this out. I mean, this was a holy, holy moment. And he says, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. This is God speaking. He says, I am slow to anger and filled with chesed and faithfulness. And I lavish chesed to a thousand generations. <laughs> you got to understand. Okay, Moses is not allowed to see God. Okay, passing by. No man can, no, no woman can look upon him and live in this body. So he hides him in the cleft of the rock, covers his eyes. Moses can't look. But God, while he passes by, says, listen, Moses, I know you can't take view of me right now, but I want you to know who's passing by in front of you. It is the one and only Yahweh who is filled with chesed, love towards you. How much love? I am the one who is so filled with chesed that I lavish it to a thousand generations. This is who I am. Moses, if there's a thought, I want to occupy your mind and your heart as it relates to me, this is the thought. It's the word chesed. This is me. This is who I am. I am filled with unfailing love. So much that I lavish it to a thousand generations. Moses, when you think of me, the one passing by, I forever want you to think of me as the one filled with chesed. So, to try and get you to understand this word, I gotta have 10 points of this message. We're already two and a half minutes behind, so we better hurry up, okay? Otherwise, it's, you're gonna be here till dinner time, all right? Now, all 10 of these points I've personalized to you. So what we're gonna do, I'm gonna read it first, and then I want you to read it out loud after me. Usually don't do this, kind of call and response, feel like sometimes can get a little too manipulative or cheesy, but here's the deal. Because I know so many of us have a difficulty understanding and receiving God's love for us, for me personally. I want you to read it out loud so you hear yourself say it, okay? When we talk about chesed, here's point number one. It's perpetual for me. Not bad, you'll get better by the 10th one, I promise. Psalm 89 verse two, your chesed will last forever. It will last forever. Lamentations 3.22, the chesed of the Lord never, ever, 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 ever ceases. Never. Let me try and illustrate this because this is a beauty. For those of you who are parents or for those of you who were ever children, pretty much talking to all of you, you know when you went on a long road trip with the family and there always seemed to be the one child who asks one question incessantly. What's that question? Are we there yet? Mommy, are we there yet? No, honey, we're not. 
Daddy, are we there yet? You just asked six minutes ago. No, we'll be there in nine hours. <laughs> 19 minutes later. Mommy, are we there yet? 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 And you want to say, you know what? We're going to pull over on the side of the road. And we're going to let you out so that you can just be there right where you are. And we're going to keep on going. Okay? Okay. Maybe I thought that about my siblings. Never about my own children, though. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? It just gets annoying, right? Okay, well, let me tell you how amazing God's love for you is. As a child of God, you could make the decision to become the annoying child and ask the same question every second for the rest of eternity. Here would be the question. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done loving me yet? Are you done yet? Nope, God says. How about now, are you done yet? Uh-uh. How about now? You still love me? Yep. You could become the annoying child who asks this question every second for eternity. His answer is never changing. Amen. Yep. Still love you. Nope. Not stopping. Not done. Preston, never, ever, ever will it come to an end. Why? Because he is the God who commits himself unconditionally to his people and never abandons that commitment. Here's point number two when we talk about the unfailing love of God. It precedes him. Somebody led the way. Whoever it was, way to go. You led everybody. Okay, let's try it again. It precedes him. The unfailing love of God always precedes God. Psalm 89 verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, O God. Chesed and truth walk before you as attendants. Unfailing love stands before God as an inseparable companion. Let me, let me try and illustrate this. Have you ever been in a relationship with a moody person? Okay, don't look to your left or to your right because <laughs> there's a little bit of a vibe in the room. It's like, <laughs> don't do that. That's a different series, okay? All right, but, but most of us, if not all of us, have experienced... <laughs> I'm not even going to say what I, was, what, I, what I was just thinking. This is great. Uh, so funny. It's, most of us have experienced a relationship like that. And, and what's so hard about being in a relationship with somebody who's extremely moody? You never know what you're going to get, right? Do you love me today or do you hate me? Like, uh, are you pleased with me or are you mad at me? Like, what, which you am I getting today, right? It's difficult to be in a relationship with someone who's moody. Here's what's so awesome about the unfailing love of God for you. At any point of any day, you could ask him the following question. God, what's your mood right now? Like, Lord, I'm a little bit grouchy right now, just out of curiosity. What's your mood right now? Love. Well, I mean, it looks like things are a little bit crazy out there right now. What's your mood towards all this? Love. Uh, Lord, everybody in my house is a little crotchety right now. How about you? Uh-uh, love. God, what's your mood? Love. Here's a, a, another way to say it. A child of God cannot encounter God without encountering the love of God. Wow. It always comes first. So don't give me this thing that, well, God's just angry. It doesn't matter what other emotion you believe God is feeling or exhibiting towards you. 
His mood is always love, period, point blank. Always. Here's how you know. Because it goes on forever. It doesn't ever stop. If it stopped, that means his mood would change. But it doesn't. God's mood at all times. Love. Love. Well, Preston, I feel like I'm kind of getting in trouble a lot with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Ask him the next time you feel like he's spiritually spanking you. Lord, what's your mood towards me? Love. I told you. I discipline those I love. Oh, that's why I'm being spanked so much spiritually. Yeah, he just loves you a whole lot. Love. Lord, what's your mood? Love. How about now? Love. How about now? Love. How about tomorrow? Love. How about a week from now? Love. Forever and always. Here's point number three. It's promised to me. The unfailing love of God, this is crazy, is promised to you. You want it? You can receive it. You can have it. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1 says, Is anyone thirsty? Not is Israel thirsty. Is anyone in Israel thirsty? Sometimes we we read passages on the love of God which are directed towards Israel. And and it's a beautiful thing. And some people ask, "Why, why Israel? It's really simple. God chose Israel to show the rest of the world what his love is like. And we can all be grafted into that family and into that love. But Isaiah 55 verse one says, is anyone, you are an anyone. You are one of the anyones. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money. I don't even have time to unwrap that one. Implication here is, even if you don't feel like you have what you need to receive it or deserve it. If you're thirsty, Come and drink. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Verse 3. Come to me, God says, with your ears wide open. Listen and you'll find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. You're in anyone. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Watch this next part. I will give you, Preston, all the chesed I promised to David. The one of whom God said, Uh, Preston, this one right here, there's nobody after my heart like him. And he asked me some things in regards to my love that I promised him. I would give him forever. Preston, if you're thirsty for some of this love, I will extend to you the same exact chesed I promised to David. What? Do you not know who I am compared to who King David was? Mm Mm-hmm. Preston, this ain't about who he is or who you are. It's about who I am. So if you're in this room or you're watching online and you don't feel lovable, the question is is not, do you feel lovable? The question is, do you want love? Do you want to be loved? Isaiah 55, God goes on record and says, you want some of this action? I will give it to you. How much will you give to me? Preston, there's one person of whom I said, this person's after my heart in a way nobody else is. I'll give to you the same love I promised to him. It's promised to you. You want it? You can have it. Here's what that means. If you're not experiencing it, maybe it's time to look at at why you're not receiving it the way he promised 
it to you. Here's number four. It's powerful towards me. God's unfailing love is powerful towards me. Psalm 117 verse 2. For his chesed for us, for you, for me, is powerful. This word in the original language means overwhelmingly prevails. And here's the word picture uh, attached to it. Imagine, take the person who, in your opinion, loves you more than any person has ever loved you on this earth. Okay, get them in your mind. The word picture associated with this love, meaning overwhelmingly prevails, is this. That person is standing on a seashore and the biggest tsunami wave in human history comes and wipes them out on the shore. That's the picture, this person's love compared to God's love for you. It overwhelmingly prevails. There is no one who can love you anywhere close to him. This is part of the reason why some of us have such a difficulty understanding God's love for us because we compare it to human love. And God says, no, 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 no. It's actually incomparable. It cannot be compared. The love of God is unprecedented and unsurpassed. Here's number five. It protects me. The love of God protects me, protects you. King David in Psalm 94 verse 18 said, I cried out, I am slipping, O God, but your chesed, O Lord, supported me. Now, interestingly enough, if you study out this passage, the very next words that come out of King David's mouth are these words. When doubts flooded my mind. This word doubt or doubts literally means thoughts so intense they cause real pain. Just just think about that. Thoughts so intense. King David says, I was experiencing such overwhelming thoughts in my mind. I felt myself slipping. And what was it that saved me? From drowning in that moment? Chesed. It was your love, O oh Lord. Here's the picture. And here's what I'd say. I'll, I'll just submit this to you. I think what we, present day, might call what King David was experiencing, a panic attack. And some of you who have experienced one before, no, that's exactly what it feels like. Thoughts so intense, I feel pain. And I can feel myself slipping. And here's the picture. Just get the picture of King David in the fetal position on the ground, writhing, crying out to God, I'm slipping. I feel my mind slipping. I'm scared to death, God, I'm slipping. Here's the picture he's painting. That in that moment, He sensed the God of the universe bend down over the balcony of heaven and say, I love you, 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 I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Wow, he's freaking out. God is pouring out. 
and protecting him. His mind, his heart, his will, his emotions with what? His unfailing love. <laughs> Preston, I don't protect you in anger. Now, your enemy might feel that it's anger, but cupcake, it's my love. I've put a hedge around you that is not just angelic. It is divine love. And when you're slipping, just know it's not just my hand you feel reaching down. It is my love. It protects you and it protects me. Here's number six. It's poured all over me. Psalm 42, verses six and seven. Now I'm deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas. Remember we talked about that last week, the storms of life. God, I hear the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Remember, he's sovereign. He's in control. His waves. God, I hear the waves. Look at verse 8. But, but, each day the Lord pours his unfailing, his chesed upon me. <laughs> no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on with the business, no matter what's going on with the marriage, no matter what's going on with the teenager, no matter what's going on in your heart, no matter what seas and storms you feel you're facing, the sons of Korah say, but here's what we will do. I will remember you and your love pouring over me, larger than any wave coming against me. No illustration I could ever give you could even come close to the picture scripture paints. But I, I feel this is just a snapshot of, of just a glimpse of what it, what it is like. Something I, I did with all three of my kids, and now we have uh, a little boy in our home, three and a half years old, that we're fostering. And, and so now I do it with him. His bedroom is next to mine. And there are mornings where when he wakes up in the morning, I will hear him rustling and he doesn't get out of bed quite yet. And I will say from my bed, don't even get out of bed. Maxon, I love you so much, 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 much. First words he hears of the day. Maxon, I love you so much, 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 much. I did this with my kids. Some mornings I'd go into their bedroom and this is how I would wake them up because I just wanted them to be awake before I went to work. Not to punish my wife. <laughs> but just so they could hear me say. And this is what I would do. They'd be asleep, I'd lean in, and I'd do this all over their forehead. And they would wake up to a sea of kisses. And here's what all of them, and now Maxon's doing this. I love you so much, 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 much. And this is what they've all done. That's enough, daddy. That's enough. No more kisses, daddy. That's enough. No more I love you much, much, much. That's enough muches. And here's what I say every single time. It will never be enough. I'm going to keep telling you and keep telling you and keep telling you. And some mornings of your life, 
my love is going to awaken you and I'm going to dump it over you. When was the last time when you awakened from your slumber that you sensed the God of the universe standing over your bed and before you could even say a word, you got... He doesn't take a breath. He doesn't need oxygen. <laughs> I love you so much, 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 much. Sarah, I love you so much, 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 much. Andy, I love you so much, 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 much. When was the last time one of your days started like that? I'll humbly submit this to you. I don't think very many. Because I see how you roll up in here. And it's not like someone who has a revelation of... Mm, it looks more like somebody who thinks they have a revelation of ba 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 ba. I love you so much, 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 much. I love you so much, 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 much. He's never going to stop. And if godly forms of affection annoy you, prepare to be annoyed for eternity. It ain't stopping. He's just going to keep pouring. Here's number seven. It passes over my sins. Passes over my sins. Psalm 25, 7. David clearly had a revelation of this. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth, God. How many of us are in that camp? God, please don't remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me, please, in light of your chesed. God, if you're going to think about me, please don't remember all the lies. Please. Don't remember the stupid stuff. God, every time you think of me, please, will you think of me in view of and through your unfailing love for me? Not my total ability to sin. Please, God, David says, would you remember me in light of your chesed? Proverbs 16, 6 says, chesed and faithfulness make atonement for sin. Atonement just simply means to right wrongs that are getting in the way of relationship. Yes, of course, we know it's the blood that covers our sin. But what's the motive behind the blood? What Jesus said in John 15, the greater love hath no man than to lay his life down. Love. The greatest act of chesed in all of human history is the cross. God, why do you keep forgiving me? Because I want to spend forever with you, Preston. Because I love you. Now, for those of us who hear, oh, well, if, if the love of God passes over every and all of my sin, well, let's add a few more to that list. If he's just going to pass over it, let's just have some more of it. That's not actually evidence of a revelation of the love of God. The opposite is. Here's what it looks like. Imagine life is a car, and living is like driving, and sinning is like crashing. How many times would it take? Every time you crash the car as his child, and you go to him and you say, Daddy, I did it again. I wrecked the car. 
Preston, what'd you do this time? I crashed into a pole in the parking lot. Preston, who crashes into a pole in the parking lot? Uh, I was doing donuts. Preston, there was no snow in the parking lot. Why were you doing donuts? Well, because my friend dared me. I crashed the car. Again, Lord, I'm sorry. I did what they were doing. Daddy, can, can you do something about this? Yes, son. I'll make it right. Every time I crash. Yes, son. I'll make it right. Question. How many crashes do you think you will need to endure before you finally sit back and go, you know what? I think I'm going to try and crash the car less. That's when you know you got a revelation of the love of God. I'm not saying I could ever be sinless. In this life, I cannot be. But I can say that with some effort, endeavoring to follow Jesus Christ and live according to his ways, I can sin less and do sin less. When you get a picture of the love of God, you stop wanting to crash the car so much. But when you have a limited understanding of the love of God, you just keep crashing. But here's the good news. It is the love that brought atonement. The motive behind his forgiving you was he did not want to be separated from you now or at any point down the road. God's motive for making you right with him is his love for you. Here's number eight. It pursues me. Let's say that one again because it's an important one. It pursues me. The unfailing love of God pursues me. Psalm 23, verse 6. Phil covered this psalm a couple weeks ago. Surely your goodness and chesed will pursue me all the days of my life. Okay, Aaron, jump up here, will you? I, I want you to see this. Because this, this is crazy talk right here. Surely, certainly, I have seen it and now I know it. Surely, the unfailing love of God will chase me all the days of my life. That's what David says. Okay, Aaron's going to be Aaron and I'm going to be the love of God. Okay? Aaron wakes up in the morning, crawls out of bed, doesn't matter what Aaron does next. Go for it, Aaron. I'm the love of God. I don't care where we're going. Hopefully we go brush our teeth at some point. Yeah, darkness, light, don't care. I don't care where we're getting coffee this morning. Except maybe now I do care, but never mind, that's a different sermon too. That went over some of y'all's heads, but some of y'all got it. I don't care where we're going. Preston, my love for you is chasing you all day, every day, now and forevermore. Aaron, wherever you go, my love is going. Thanks, buddy. This is what it looks like. Okay, how many days of your life do you actually feel like that's how it goes down? Some of y'all live every day doing this. Looking over your shoulder like you're about to get in trouble. Even when you're in trouble, he's showing his love. Surely, your love is so crazy, God, for me, that it will chase me everywhere I go all the days of my life. What? Do we actually believe this? When was the last time you ran into the lobby? 
And, so, and a greeter went, you, you good? Is somebody after you? Yeah, the love of God. <laughs> Just trying to see if I could get away from it. Uh-huh. Nope. Wherever you go, his love is chasing after you. Pressing into the dark alley? Mm-hmm. Even when it's wrong? Mm-hmm. Again, going back to once you get a revelation that his love chases you wherever you go, you want to stop going to some of the places you used to go. Because his love's going there. I'm going with you. Pressing where you go. You might as well just get used to it. My love is going. And it's coming after you. I don't have time to read it because we're already too far behind, but Romans 8. Well, let's just read it. It's too good not to read. Verse 38 and 39. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, and I'm convinced of this, that nothing, this is the perfect illustration of God's love chasing you forever and always, no matter what. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed no thing in all creation will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Take it to the bank. Even better, start living like it. Let's start living like it. Let's start living like the love of God is chasing us wherever we go. Here's number nine. And this ties into next week's message. The unfailing love of God provides me access. Psalm 5 and 7. Because of your unfailing love, your chesed, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. God, I'm fully aware the only reason I can come into your presence is your love for me. Okay, I just want you to think about this. What does this actually mean? That you have access to the God of the universe 24-7. You remember when we were younger and one of our friends would come to school and they bring their phone and they would say, I have so-and-so's phone number and they would name drop somebody famous. A friend of the family, they were there for dinner the night before. I know someone famous. Here's their phone number. Okay, what was the last time as a child of God you walked around with a little bit of spiritual swagger. Like, I have the private number of the God of the universe. Tracy, did you know I am so important? Not because of my works, not because of anything in and of myself, but I'm loved so much. I have the private number of the God of the universe. Some of y'all go into work, into a secular environment. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Ain't nowhere that's secular because he's everywhere. But some of us walk into a secular environment and we're like, just don't want to make waves. No, bro, walk in there with a little bit of swagger. Hey, when you ask me, what'd you do this morning? I was actually on the phone with the God of the universe. How about you? Well, I was talking to the CEO. (laughs) Stinks to be you. What a waste of time. (laughs) I was talking to the God of the universe. What did he say? Sum up in a word. He's obsessed with me. (laughs) 
How do you know? Well, I felt like he told me about 982 times that he loved me. Couldn't even get a word in edgewise. He loves you so much. He has granted you 24-7 access to his personal presence. When people ask me, Preston, what do I do? It's so hard to spend time alone with God. Not when you get a revelation of this. If the president of the United States or any country that you might have respect for dialed up your phone and said, I'd like to spend an hour with you right now, some of you would walk out of this room right now and go with them. Okay. When was the last time you felt God do that and you got up out of the room and went to be alone with him? His love for you provides 24-7 access. You can go in there anytime you want and be alone with the God of the universe. Then here's... Number 10, and it's my favorite, it's too profound for my brain. The unfailing love of God. I saved this until number 10, and your notes it was number two, but I changed it. Because pretty much the whole point of the message is just to teach you, you can't, with a limited mind, you'll never be able to wrap your mind around the unfailing love of God. It's literally impossible. The love of God is far beyond the rational limits of human intellect. That's why. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. You know what I love about the love of God? He allows you to apprehend it, even when you can't completely comprehend it. To apprehend means to lay hold of it for yourself. (laughs) He says, if you're thirsty, come get you some. He lets you completely apprehend it, even though you'll never be able to completely comprehend it. So this week, as I was studying for this, just having my time with the Lord, and I said, so you're telling me that you want me to tell them that it's impossible to comprehend your love for them. Here's the response I felt like I got. Mm-hmm. Yep. I said, Lord, would you... Just give me a picture of what it looks like and what it means that your love for me and your love for them is incomprehensible. And this is what I felt like his response was. Preston, it's like this. It's like you're sitting in a classroom and I'm the teacher and you raise your hand. I'm teaching on my love for you and you raise your hand and say, I don't get it. Can you show me a picture of it? And just as you asked me to show you a picture of my love for you, I send a hundred angels into the classroom. And each of the 100 angels is carrying 1,000 books. And each of the 1,000 books, the 100 angels, are individually carrying. Each of the 1,000 books has 10,000 pages. Can you imagine how big of a book that is? And Preston, each of the 10,000 pages on each of the 1,000 books being carried by each of the 100 angels has 100,000 words on it. Well, I, I, I like to think I'm a little bit of a math guy. Well, I start trying to crunch the numbers. Quickly, I'm like, I, I, I have no idea what number that would be. Got on my calculator, put in 100 times 1,000 times 10,000 times 100,000. 
My calculator gave me a number I'd never seen. 1E14. Do you know what number that is? 100 trillion words. I started crying. I go, that's a lot of words. And he says, and they're all, every word present is describing my love for you. And I mean, I'm just boo-hooing like a baby back at my office. That's a ton of, of the hundred trillion words. And he says, and when you get to the 100 trillionth word, I bring in another hundred angels with another hundred trillion. Preston, we can do this every day for eternity because there will never be enough words for you to hear, to be able to comprehend just how much I love you. <laughs> we sing that song a hundred billion. And I just wonder if the Lord laughs a little bit, like, about a hundred trillion. What would it change about your life if every day, every step you took, you heard one of the 100 trillion words? Well, the close of this message is we're going to read this psalm together. And there's one phrase that is repeated 26 times. And some of you, I'm going to give you a heads up, are going to get annoyed by this. It's going to get repetitive. I think there's a point to the repetition because some of us just need to get it. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the first half, and then you're together going to read the second half out loud. I want you to hear yourself say it. And I've kind of personalized it for each of you so that you could hear it for yourself. Let's read it together. Psalm 136, starting in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Okay, hit the pause button. You sound like robots. You do not sound in love, not judging. His unfailing love for me endures for eternity. Preston, describe Holly's love for you. She really kind of loves me. That's not how I would describe it. That's not how he would describe his love for you. So when we read this, will you do yourself a favor and read it like somebody it's been revealed to instead of somebody just reading it because someone asked them to. The profundity of this phrase, his unfailing love for me endures forever, cannot be comprehended. So let's not be robotic in our love since he isn't towards us. Let's keep going. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Now we're talking. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. Give thanks to him who made the sun to rule the day. Give thanks to him who made the moon and stars to rule the night. His love for me 
Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. He brought Israel out of Egypt. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. Give thanks to him who parted the stinking Red Sea. He led Israel safely through. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the stinking Red Sea. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. He killed powerful kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. Everybody knows Og, king of Bashan. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. A special possession to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our weakness. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every living thing. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.